This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards, and a special series on Speaking of Writers, uh, marking the anniversary of VJ Day on August 15th. Rumors uh, wafted on global winds throughout the first half of August 1945. Tokyo was on the brink of surrendering. Tokyo was sure to fight to the bitter end. Contrary to popular perception, the war did not conclude with the dropping of two nuclear bombs. On the very day that the second atomic bomb began its ominous descent over the city Nagasaki, Soviet juggernaut was steamrolling into Japanese-occupied Manchuria in Operation August Storm, a campaign that continued until the third week of August and cost tens of thousands of lives. Despite the negotiations, dogfights, and naval engagements continued, a mixture of poor communication and desperate hardliners. Victory in Japan Day, VJ Day, on August 15, 1945, officially marked the end of World War II. But in fact, conflict continued throughout the month. When the shooting stopped by Barrett Tillman reveals the bloody truth of that final month of the war, when neither war nor peace was certain. Barrett Tillman is an award-winning author and historian with more than 40 books to his credit, including both fiction and nonfiction. He has lengthy ties to the U.S. Air Force, Navy, and Marine Corps, and the British Royal Navy, and has lectured at the Smithsonian and the Naval War College. He has had more than a dozen TV appearances on PBS, the History Channel, C-SPAN. The son of a World War II aviator, he learned to fly as a teenager and has logged hundreds of hours in historic aircraft. His combination of research, writing, and cockpit immediacy is seldom equaled. Makes his home in Arizona. I'm happy to have Barrett Tillman join me now here on Speaking of Writers as part of this series. Barrett, welcome to this program. Thank you. I'm pleased to be aboard, sir, giving a naval cast to the proceedings. <laughs> well, so what led you to this point in the war, August 1945, and when the shooting stopped? At, at risk of sounding somewhat grandiose, uh, what, when I look for a, uh, a new subject for a book, I indulge in what I call negative market analysis. So I'm looking for a worthwhile uh, subject with a fairly uh, broad potential audience that either has not been done or has not been uh, revisited in recent years. And sometimes with World War II history, it can be 20 or more years between the books on a particular subject, as with my 2005 uh, history of the uh, Battle of the Philippine Sea, uh, also known as the, the Great Marianas Turkey Shoot. So when I began casting around for another World War II subject after uh, Whirlwind, which dealt with uh, all air operations over Japan, I was discussing it with my wife, and she said, well, how about the end of the war? And I sort of <laughs> did the heel to the forehead, what sailors call the Marine salute, and uh, I thought, that has potential. So it, it really worked out well. So what was going on in the Pacific Theater at this time, around August 15th, 1945? At that time, the... Uh the U.S. and uh, British navies, and I hasten to add that the much-overlooked British Pacific Fleet operated side-by-side -side with the uh, U.S. Third Fleet in Japanese waters at that time. And they were uh, in coordination with the U.S. Army Air Force, mainly its uh, B-29s, 
based uh, 1,500 miles south of Tokyo in the Marianas Islands, uh, pursuing a, uh, a persistent campaign of bombing Japanese industry, interdicting land and sea-based uh, transport. And uh, both the U.S. Army and the Navy dropped uh, uh, mines in uh, Japanese coastal waters, which further limited the uh, amount of imports that Japan badly needed, both for its population and for its industry. We're chatting with Barrett Tillman. His book is When the Shooting Stopped, August 1945. But by this summer of 45, Barrett, there was hope on the American home front. Yeah, well, certainly that was the hope. But uh, by then, the uh, the U.S. population, about 130 million people, knew the nature of uh, Japan. And it was a, a long, tortuous slog from uh, Pearl Harbor, uh, about uh, almost 3,000 miles to Tokyo. I computed it in the book, and it was an average rate of advance of about three miles a day. And uh, consequently... Uh, American civilians and military both realized that if the uh, the planned invasion went ahead uh, late that year, it was a two-phase operation to start in uh, November of 1945 and continuing uh, again in March of 46, it was going to be a bitter, bloody uh, situation. So of course, nobody outside uh, a small circle in the government or the military knew about the Manhattan Project that produced the atomic bombs. So uh, without that knowledge, the the only two options to most people appeared to be invasion or continued blockade. And uh, blockade would have been preferable because the, the cost would have been far less but I, I ran some numbers uh, in the book for what the shooting stopped, and I found that in August of 1945, the average daily cost of doing business for the U.S. military was 8,000 killed, wounded, and missing per day. And the U.S. human toll uh, in toll, total was uh, over 100,000 battle deaths. In that summer, so in July... We get the Allies' surrender demand from Potsdam, Germany, August 6th and 9th, the dropping of the atomic bombs, but the Japanese cabinet, even after the bombs, refusing to surrender. A lot of dogfights, vicious dogfights going on after that, too. Oh, that's exactly right. The uh, situation in Tokyo uh, basically was a story of palace intrigue, because as you note, the uh, the six-man Japanese war cabinet that ruled the country was evenly divided, and they were almost all former admirals or generals, so I think with one or two uh, uh, civilians, uh, diplomats. And some of them, three of them, were bitterly opposed to any thought of surrender in any way, shape, or form. And the others saw the the writing on the wall, and they realized that surrender was much preferable to an invasion, which essentially would have destroyed the country for one or maybe two generations. So at that point, Emperor Hirohito took the entirely unprecedented move, 
uh, unknown in the entire history of Japan of intervening and overriding the uh, the government cabinet and in, in his words to the uh, the population to uh, bear the unbearable. Now his surrender announcement, which came on August fifteenth. Was what a lawyer friend of mine calls a masterfully lawyerly obfuscation of the facts, because Hirohito said that the war at that point had quote not necessarily progressed to our advantage end quote, and far be it from us to impose upon the sovereignty of other nations end quote when of course that's what the entire Pacific War was about in China and Burma and the Philippines. Uh, uh, Indonesia. So Hirohito was trying to gild the proverbial lily, but at least he gave the uh, the order to stand down. And even though there was an attempted palace coup by diehards in the army, the uh, huge majority of the Japanese armed forces followed the orders of the emperor, and uh, for all general purposes, the uh, the shooting did end on the afternoon of August 15th. We're chatting with Barrett Tillman here on Speaking of Writers. The book is When the Shooting Stopped. It is out now. It came out back, back in April. When the Shooting Stopped, August 1945. Uh, in this book, you uh, detail those last brutal battles on air, land, and sea with firsthand accounts, Barrett, from pilots and sailors caught up in these events. What was your takeaway when you read these accounts? Most of them, Steve, came from about 40 years ago onward, up until maybe 8 or 10 years ago, uh, correspondence with uh, World War II veterans for previous books and magazine articles, as well as uh, material for uh, some of my uh, other uh, history endeavors. So... When I decided to uh, proceed with uh, when the shooting stopped, I went back through my uh, correspondence files, and anyone who's interested in the footnotes and the sources in the book will see that some of the correspondence dates from the 1970s. So I I have a sort of an Internet uh, tagline, especially on uh, history forums, quote, do it now, end quote, because even as recent as the Vietnam War, my previous book, uh, The Dragon's Jaw, dealing with uh, the long campaign to knock out the main bridge in North Vietnam, uh, deals with uh, sources from 10 to 20 years ago. So that's why I always say do it now, because you never know when some obscure conversation or email or or letter might be uh, uh, a golden nugget downstream. And Barrett, what would you like readers to take away from when the shooting stopped? Essentially, August 1945 is the month that changed the world and also at the same time formed the world we have known for so long. Because not only was it the dawn of the nuclear age, but it was the start of the Cold War, even though the U.S. and Britain were allied with the Soviet Union at that time, things almost immediately uh, turned icy. And in fact, that month, in uh, well, actually in July and then again in August of 45, 
The British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who was turned out of office in uh, July, coined the phrase, the Iron Curtain. And uh, so certainly that affected the the way we uh, have have seen the world uh, since then. And additionally, of course, there's been uh, the... uh, post-colonial era with lengthy wars in uh, Indochina, in Indonesia, and uh, elsewhere around the world, uh, including Africa. So really, if if you're looking for the start of the post-war era, look no uh, farther than August 15, 1945. He is Barrett Tillman. The book is When the Shooting Stopped, August 1945. Barrett, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I'd be glad to do it any time. Thank you. And this is Speaking of Writers.